0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes, practical tools to improve your mood and quality of life. Today, we're going to be talking about emotional interventions to help you deal with depression. And this is sort of an excerpt, if you will, from an upcoming book I have coming out in October, 100 Plus Practical Tips to Defeat Depression. In this presentation, you're going to learn about what emotional interventions Interventions are and identify techniques that you can use starting today, even without the book, to help you start feeling happier. It's important to remember that emotional interventions address the emotions that keep you feeling depressed. So, there are a lot of different ways to do it, but you can't be angry and enraged and happy at the same exact same moment. You can't be totally depressed and happy at the exact same moment. Now, you can have some things that you're happy about and some things that you're depressed about. But we want to make sure that you remember that there are those things that you're happy about, too. So emotional interventions help people accept unpleasant emotions and improve the next moment. It helps you say, you know what? I feel depressed. I feel angry. That's how I feel right now. Now, what can I do to make the next moment better instead of staying stuck here in this quicksand of unhappiness? You'll learn how to prevent unnecessary unpleasantness. You know, sometimes we create our own feelings of helplessness and hopelessness because we should ourselves to death. And I said should ourselves, not the other thing. Um, And we're going to talk about those shoulds. And we're going to talk about how to add pleasant emotions. Because even if you eliminate all of those unpleasant emotions, you're not angry, you're not depressed, you're not anxious, you're not guilty, you're not any of those that just means you're not a bunch of things but what are you you know that leaves you at a kind of a blah place you know we want to add color now we want to take away all the all all the ne- well not take away all the negatives we want to help you address some of the negatives so you can feel more happiness so the first thing you need to do is tr- identify your feelings and turn off autopilot too often when somebody says hey how you how you feeling today you say fine or okay or not bad, without even thinking about it. Partly because they probably really don't care how you feel anyway, Um, but partly because we as a society have just been taught to not check in with ourselves. We are supposed to be fine, as they say. So one activity that I encourage people to do is create lists for each of the, the emotions that are on this emotions chart. Create a list of things that make you feel that way. What things make you feel bored? what things make you feel overwhelmed, but also what things make you feel happiest, mis- happy, mischievous, hysterical, ecstatic, you know, all those happy things too. So you can identify things that you want to add into your life. If you don't like making lists, you can do collages. It's fun to have a collage because animals make me happy, for example. So I have a lot of different screensavers of animals and stuff that when I see them, they make me make me feel happy. But as we start identifying what makes us feel these certain ways, we start getting used to tuning in. And I also encourage you to not use what I call garbage words like fine, okay, happy, you know, whatever. The these terms that really don't communicate how you feel. What does fine mean? Does that mean, you know, you're getting by? Does that mean that things are going great? You know, Put some really awesome words into it um, one of my friends from college used to have great feeling words and she when something would go well she'd be like oh my gosh that is so fabulous um, and she had all these really um, flowery words that she would use and it just added so much you know you got excited with her because she was using all these exciting words If you're, you know, doing this with your family, if you're helping your kids start to develop that emotional vocabulary, you can have them make collages, you know, make a collage of things that make them happy and make a collage of things that make them angry. Um, Or you can put it on a beach ball or Jenga. Um, If you write the emotions on a beach ball and you throw it to your child and down there it says, um, lonely. Okay, you know, if they look down and they see lonely, you know, tell me about a time when you were lonely. And you can start talking about those different feelings and encouraging the child to develop this vocabulary so they're more in tune with themselves. If you're playing Jenga, you can do the same thing. You write an emotion on each block. So when they pull out the block, they have to identify something that has made them feel that emotion in the past. Um, Or you can do play a game of charades and kids love doing this, Um, you ask them to act out, you know, a particular emotion. So if they're on your team, you say, okay, you've got to act out sadness or something and have the child try to act that out. And that helps the child figure out what types of physical things do I do if I am excited or if I'm nervous or if I'm bored. Um, And that helps other people get better at reading one another as well. Now, anger and fear are our fight-or-flight reaction. They are natural emotions. They are not bad in and of themselves. They are your, hello, stand up and take a look, there might be a problem emotions. That's great. It's a natural threat response. Thank your body for those emotions. Go, okay, I'm feeling anxious right now. All right, thank you for letting me know there might be a problem. Let me check it out. There are six basic threats, rejection, isolation, failure, loss of control, the unknown, and death. So brainstorm what types of things make you feel a fear of rejection or make you feel rejected or isolated. Or when you fail, you know, what fears do you have? Um, When you don't feel like you've got control. Like when I drive into a new, especially a big town, I don't like driving into big towns. I'm, I'm a country girl. So if I have to drive into Nashville... It stresses me out because I'm not in control of everything. I don't know exactly where I'm going. And that's like freaks me out. So that's my fear of loss of control. So then I would look at why is this fear provoking? You know, what am I telling myself is going to happen if I drive into Nashville? You know, people do it all the time and nothing bad happens. Um, So I look at why it's fear provoking for me. And then I explore, you know, how this, being fearful about this is impacting my mood and, you know, could contribute to depression because it's draining when you're fearful, when you're anxious all the time, you're staying revved up. It keeps you from sleeping as well. And it can leave you feeling helpless and hopeless because we don't want to feel powerless. So addressing it and getting a sense of, okay, I know what I'm doing can really improve our mood. So what do I do if I have to go into Nashville You know, sometimes I'll drive in there, you know, in the middle of the day on a Sunday in order to know where I'm going. That way I'm getting there when there's not all the, you know, hustle and bustle of weekday traffic. Um, I'll look it up on Google Maps. You know, I'll see where I'm going. I'll chart the route out. Or if it's something, you know, if there are certain places like around around, um, Vanderbilt that are just really hard to find parking and stressful, I may have somebody else drive me. But those are three options I can do. So, And doing that means I'm not spending all this energy dreading going into Nashville. I'm just like, it is what it is. Identify strategies that have have been or could be effective. So that's what I did. And then use challenging questions. And I talk about these a lot in my book. Um, to address the fear. You know, what are the facts for and against the notion that if I go into Nashville, I am going to be like completely out of control and powerless and flopping like a fish out of water. There really is no evidence. That's all a a feeling based thought. You know, I feel anxious about doing it. So I'm trying to figure out why I feel anxious and I'm creating these thoughts. So it's important to be able to differentiate fact from fiction. And the facts are, you know, Ninety-nine point nine nine percent of the time, when I go into Nashville, everything's fine. Do I get lost? That one hundredth of a percent of a time, yeah, I do, but I can't find my way out of a paper bag. I always find my way back. That's the beautiful thing about GPS and you know, asking people how to uh, asking people for directions. Like fear, anger is a natural response to one of those threats, and there are many types of anger. Anger itself. Resentment, irritation, guilt, jealousy, envy. Guilt is anger at yourself for something that you didn't do that you should have or something that you did do that you shouldn't have. And envy and jealousy are anger at someone else for having something that you want or maybe anger at the universe because somebody else has something that you want. It's anger because somebody else has something that you want. So it's important to explore what triggers each type of anger for you and think about how does it impact your mental health? You know, being envious and jealous of people, you know, we all have those things that we're like, oh, you know, I wish. But if you dwell on that and you nurture that anger, does it do you any good? Does it add any time to your life? Does it improve your situation at all? And most of the time, the answer is going to be no. So you want to look at ways you could Better respond to that. One way might be using that envy, if you will, as a motivator to, to help you get closer to whatever that is that may be your goal. So keep a anger journal for a month. And on each page, have a different type of anger. So one, one page is for anger, one page is for resentment, one page is for irritation, yada, yada, yada. And identify things each day, that may make you feel those particular ways. So you have an idea about what your anger triggers are because that'll help you identify anything that you may need to change in your life or areas that you might need to look at and let go. Guilt, like I said before, is often anger at yourself for something that you feel like you should have done. So explore its impact on your mood and your self-esteem. When you feel guilty for something and you keep hounding yourself about it. You know, I feel guilty that I did this. You know, some people feel guilty for something they did 20 years ago. What good is that doing? What good does it do to hold on to that guilt? Some people feel like they deserve to be continually be punished for it. What good does that do? If you continually punish a child for a mistake they made a week ago, is that really continuing to do a lot of good? Um, so you want to look at the time. Should you feel guilty sometimes when you do something? Yeah, it's a natural emotion. You feel that guilty and that's your body and your brain going, yeah, that was a mistake. Okay, now what do we do about it? How do we improve the next moment? How do you make up for it, fix it, let it go, whatever? One thing you can do to kind of experientially explore what guilt does to you is make a list of all your guilts. And after you make that list, count up how many guilts you have and for each guilt, put a large rock or a brick in a bag, preferably a backpack, and then put that backpack on and wear it around with you for a couple of hours and see how exhausting it is to carry all that guilt with you all the time. Another thing that we feel guilty for a lot is not doing things that we think we should. Um, and a lot of a lot of times these shoulds revolve around self care because our society tells us that we should put everyone else first, we should be doing more work, we should do this, and you know sometimes we just need to rest, relax, and rejuvenate so for example some sometimes you may feel guilty for sleeping in on Saturday because you should be out mowing the lawn or something, all right, you know maybe that's something you could be doing but should you um if you've worked hard all week maybe you need to take care of yourself and sleep in everybody deserves a day of rest or two Um, if you feel guilty going to the gym when your inbox is full okay no does it do any good to feel guilty about it no what's the alternative if you don't go to the gym um You know, you might not be as happy. So, in the Bill of Rights, you say, I have the right to take care of myself. My inbox is always going to be full, and I will be more effective if I clear my head. So, this Bill of Rights that you're creating responds to every one of those shoulds that keeps you from taking care of yourself. And the third one I have on here, because it's true for a lot of people, is they feel like they should be answering their email and checking their phone after work hours. And we all need downtime. It's okay to not answer the phone. So if you feel guilty when you don't answer the phone, remind yourself that you have the right to choose with whom and when you share your energy. And it's important, as Stephen Covey says, to sharpen the saw. You need to be able to rest and be your best in order to be there for other people. If you get completely worn down and worn out, you ain't gonna be any good to anybody. So you have the right to take care of yourself. Post this Bill of Rights somewhere where you can review it and stop shooting yourself quite as much. Grief indicates you lost something important to you. And we lose a lot of things, not just tangible things like people we and friends and property, but we can also lose things like self-esteem and our dreams and, you know, there's a ton of things that we can lose. And that's okay, but we've got to remember that depression and anger are part of this grief process. So if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling hopeless and helpless, you've lost something or you may have lost something that's important to you and you can't get it back. So yeah, you certainly are going to feel hopeless and helpless for a minute because you can't fix it. You can't necessarily change that situation. So how do you move to accept it? And in the book, we talk about different ways that you can move towards acceptance, such as embracing the fact that it happened, but also looking at, you know, what kind of lessons can you learn from it? What are the positives? For example, after my father died, you know, I didn't want to lose him, but I still have his memories and I still had the... 25 some odd years that I had with him before he passed Um, and those are things that I can hang on to I can't change the fact that he's gone. So I need to be grateful for what I did have Living in the present moment is another key skill because we can't change the past We can only learn from it and possibly fix something that we did wrong and we can't predict the future Because we just can't So we need to live in the present moment and make the most of that. If we are using a bunch of energy worried, then we don't have that energy to appreciate the now. If we're using a bunch of energy with regret, we don't have the energy to appreciate the now. So let's appreciate and let's focus on what's going on right in front of us. When I went running this morning, it was so awesome. I went out, and there was a baby bunny. There were two adult bunnies. There were probably a dozen deer that were out, and that was just in our neighborhood, and then when I was driving on my way to work, you know, I was staying pretty focused and mindful today, and this little groundhog that is always in our neighbor's uh, driveway was there, and he gave this big old stretch, and he yawned, And I've never seen a groundhog yawn before, but it was the cutest thing I think I've ever seen, short of a bunny yawning. Um, And that's living in the present moment. Could I have been stressed about what I had to do at work today? Certainly I could have, wouldn't have done any good. Could I have been frustrated about something that happened at the house? Sure I could have, but it wouldn't do any good to just nurture that frustration because being frustrated about it just drains my energy. I was able to focus on the present moment and experience this awe and wonder and just be like, oh my gosh, that was so awesome. And then I shared that with other people. And whether they found it as awesome as I did or they just laughed at me because I thought it was so awesome, it doesn't matter. It brought joy to their day for a moment. So remember to regularly ask yourself, what good does it do to hang on to resentment, guilt, jealousy, anxiety? we can't change those things. The only thing we can affect is the now. So instead of being as as concerned about eliminating anger and anxiety, you know, think about how can I improve the next moment? If I'm in the present moment and I'm feeling depressed, all right, that's okay. That's how I feel. So I have options. What are some things that I could do to deal with this depression? I could go to bed. I could drink. I could, you know, bungee jump, there's a lot of things I could do that might be self-destructive or not helpful. Um, or I could do some other things that could help me feel better. Um, eat well, call a friend, go on a nature walk, whatever it is that makes you happy. But you start listing those things. And I encourage you, at least at first, to write those things down. Write down your good and bad options. Because that helps you kind of get out of your own head and more objectively look at things and go, okay, the best choice for me to make right now to improve the next moment would be to do this. No matter how you feel, it could be good, it could be bad, but we're really more worried about unpleasant feelings like, like depression right now. When we feel these feelings, they often occur and crest within, within about five or ten minutes, especially anxiety and anger. Depression can linger for a little bit longer. But they will only continue as long as you decide to give them power, as long as you think about it and dwell on it. You know, think about when you're getting a shot. If you, you know, if you're talking to the person giving you the shot and stuff and you don't notice it, or, you know, and they give you the shot while you're talking, you often don't notice it. But if you sit down there and you're thinking about the shot and you're looking at the needle and you're focusing on it, you're getting stuck in it. So you're you're going to feel it all that much more. Same thing with the depression. You know, after you've had a loss or when you're depressed, if you sit in your room and you think about all the reasons you're depressed, then, yeah, you're going to stay depressed. If you try to watch, even if you don't have the energy to get up, if you try to watch some funny movies and, you know, do things that engage those opposite emotions. If you're depressed, try to watch things that are going to make you feel happy or, you know, Silly, or or something. One thing I like to tell clients is feelings are like a bag of dog poop, or like dog poop, if you will. Um, And we have a lot of dogs, and so I'll be sitting in the living room, and I'll smell that smell. And if you've got babies, you probably experience the same thing. You know, you're holding the baby, and all of a sudden you smell that smell, and you're like, "Oh, somebody just did something." Now, these feelings, you know, this poop. It's kind of like anger and negativity or the smell, if you will. You feel that feeling. You smell that smell. And that's your body's way of saying, you need to get up and check and see if there's a mess that needs to be cleaned up. That's all. That smell is just telling you, you need to check to see if there's a mess that needs to be cleaned up. And if there is, you clean it up. And if there's not, then you go, well, somebody must have just passed gas. And move on with it. You don't sit there and dwell on it. You don't put the the poop in a bag and carry it around with you all day. You know, you may carry it until you find a garbage can, but you don't carry it around with you all day. How much would you stink? How much would people be like standing 10 feet back from you if you were carrying around poop all day long? Just not only because it's weird, but because it stinks. Your emotions are the same way. When you have this feeling of anger about something, that is your body's way of saying, hello, look around, see what the threat is. Figure out if it's a problem or not. And if not, let it go. If you hold on to that anger, it's going to repel people. You're going to be in this grumpy mood all day long and people are going to be giving you plenty of space. We don't want to do that. So you want to, again, remember those feelings are just there to tell you to pay attention. They're not necessarily telling you that there is a problem. They're saying there could be a problem things are going to go bad, though. Sometimes we just have some bad things happen. And this is where commitment comes in. Whenever things start to go bad in your life, and, you know, my mother was just diagnosed with cancer. So, you know, that that's a pretty big bad thing right now. But there are also things in my life that are going really, really well. So, it's important for me to remember that, yeah, this thing over here is really awful right now, but there are other things in my life that I'm committed to that bring me joy, that make my life worth living. So my whole life isn't falling apart. Just this one little part over here is kind of not so good right now. Um, One of the things that I, I have clients do is to rewrite the lyrics to Raindrops on Roses. And you can listen Julie Andrews sing it, so you can kind of get it in your head. But for me, bright sunlit mornings and cool breezes blowing, seeing my house clean or going out mowing, especially on that big mower, Amazon packages left at the door, life on the farm, who could want any more? When the dogs bark, when the phone rings or when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things and then I don't feel so bad. So obviously I'm not going to sing for y'all. But it's important to be able to remember those things that are going well in your life. You know, I'm blessed to be able to live on a farm where I can have critters and, you know, we have a pond and I can watch the sunrise in the morning. Those are things that make life awesome. Um, so there's always some awesome going on, even when there's some ickiness as well. And speaking of ickiness, now we come to adulting. And most of those adulting things can be a drag, doing laundry, going shopping, paying bills. But we have to do them. We can't not do them. So we got to figure out how to make them tolerable. If we dread them and we go go into it grumbling and begrudging, it takes more time and it drains a whole lot more energy. So how can you make it more fun? How can you make it tolerable at least? I watch TV when I do laundry or when I um, wash dishes. When I used to pair socks, my son would sit with me and we'd put bins out for every different person. And when we'd pair up the socks, we would play basketball with them and see if we could get each person's socks into the appropriate bin. It was a stupid game, but he was two and he thought it was great. And it was great mommy bonding time. Um, You can also do 15. Um, And this works really well with things like studying or exercise Start doing it for 15 minutes. If after 15 minutes you are still miserable, then stop. But most of the time, because most of us can do anything for 15 minutes, but most of the time once you get started, you realize, you know, it ain't really so bad and you can keep doing it. Pair it with something you like, like I said, like watching TV or hanging out with your kids or add a reward at the end. So tell yourself, if I get all my studying done for my final exams, then I can go to the movies tonight. Or if I get the house clean, I can go out with my friends this evening. Serenity is another one of those happy feelings that we have. And I talk about this a fair amount in the book. And I really want you to understand what it means to feel serene. And when you look at a picture that's serene, what does that look like for you? Because that's what serenity is about. It's about being able to take a breath and going, It's all good, and and actually believe it. So how do we get to that place? Well, two ways. The courage to change the things you can, and sometimes the only thing you can change is the way you react to a situation, and the wisdom to know the difference. You can't change other people. You can't change the weather. There are a lot of things that you just can't change, or it's unreasonable to change. You know, There are certain laws I would like to change. But right now, I can't do that, or I don't want to devote the amount of energy and resources it would take to change an entire law. So what can I do instead? And that's where serenity comes in. Looking at an issue, identifying those things you can change, and figuring out how to live with it and be okay with that. So review your current stressors and irritants. Identify which ones of them you have the power to change and what you can do to change them if you hate your job. Okay, what about that job do you have the power to change? Do you have the power to transfer? Do you have the power, you know, is it possible to get another job if you really hate this one? What do you have the power to do to change that and improve that situation? Um, if you, um, you know, some people don't have those options, so they've got to figure out how to make the best of a bad situation. So how can you do that? For those things that you can't change, identify how you can change the way you feel about them. So if you hate this job that you're going through, going to, but you can't leave it right now, how can you change the way you feel about it? And that can be looking at it as, okay, I only have to be here 40 hours a week, so just get in and do it. Um, it's allowing me to earn money so I can pay my rent. It's serving a purpose for me right now, trying to look at, you know, why do I have to hold on to this and what makes it, worthwhile? View it as a learning experience or, you know, what can you do to remove that stressor? Sometimes you can't change something like a person and, you know, they just, no matter how many times you've had the same discussion, it's, you're just hitting a a dead end. Sometimes it's time to remove that person from your life. Now that's rare, but that's an easy example because most of us have had somebody in our life at some point that at a certain point we just had to say, you know what, I can't. Now, once you identify what you can change and how you can change the way you feel about the things you can't, then do it. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Another way to increase your happiness is to find that inner child. And oh, I love my inner child. My inner child eats a lot of ice cream, eats a lot of grilled cheese sandwiches, and watches a lot of cartoons. Um... But you want to identify what kinds of things did you like to do as a kid? And if you had a sucky childhood, all right, what types of things did you want to do as a kid? Swing, catch fireflies, paint, get on a slip and slide, board games, hula hoops, roller skate, whatever it is, you know, make a list of those things that you enjoyed doing or you thought you would enjoy doing and start doing them. Think about what your favorite show was or your favorite cartoon when you were like eight what was your favorite food and what was different when you were little that you really miss now? You know, I miss those days where, you know, I had summer vacation and I had three months. I didn't have to do anything. Um, Yeah, I miss that. And I can't take three months off now. That's not realistic, but you know, I can take, you know, every once in a while, I can take three days off all in a row and kind of regress to that inner child. Once you identify all these things, then make it a point to have a play date with your inner 10-year-old. You know, make a blanket for it in the living room. Make grilled cheese and watch cartoons all day if that's what you want to do. Stay in your pajamas if that's what you want to do. You know, whatever makes you happy that day. And that's what kids do is what makes them happy. And just be a kid. If you want to go swing on the swings, you know, find a place you can do it. If you want to slip and slide... Get down that old shower curtain liner and a garden hose, and go to it uh, after you do that, whether it 's a full day or three days, um, you know make sure you get at least one sleep cycle in there and then reflect on whether it helped you feel rejuvenated to find that inner child and just be silly for an entire day and If you have a hard time doing doing it by yourself, you know a lot of times you 've got Family friends or whatever that have kids that you can take out to the park or and when you're with kids You can be goofy and people give you a little bit wider of a berth. Some of us just don't care. We'll walk down the hall singing goober peas Laughter's important. You know when you find that inner child You're probably going to laugh some because kids laugh a lot. I love how kids laugh because they just don't care That if it, they find it funny they laugh laughter relaxes the whole body and a good, hearty laugh can relieve physical tension and stress for up to 45 minutes. Wow. Laughter boosts the immune system and decreases stress hormones, increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, and improves your resistance to disease. So when you're feeling sick or you're going through chemo or whatever, it's even more important to laugh right now. And yeah, you may feel like crap. So it's gonna, you're going to have to work at trying to find something that makes you laugh. But do it. It's worth the effort. Laughter triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals, and endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being and can even temporarily relieve pain. So think about the last time you had a toothache or something and you started laughing. You know, you found something funny. For that moment, you weren't thinking about the pain. You weren't feeling the pain as much. And probably for a little while afterwards... It didn't hurt quite as much because of those endorphins that were released. And laughter improves the function of the blood vessels and increases blood flow, which can help you protect against heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. Always a bonus. And so we've talked about trying to mitigate um, some of the unpleasant feelings. We've talked about adding some happy feelings. But sometimes you just need to distract yourself because whatever it is can't be changed. And in order to not add fuel to that wave, you need to distract yourself. So figure out what it is that you like to do to distract yourself. I clean or I go work out. Those are my two favorite things. Well, that and yard work. My kids know that they can judge my mood by the strength of the power tool I'm using. If I'm using pruners, I'm all good. If I've got the chainsaw out, better give mama a minute. And. It's just the way it is and and that's the way i distract myself is getting focused on tidying something focused on something i can control um and exercising is good too you know i'll go out i used to go out and and play tennis and envision somebody's head as that ball coming towards the tennis racket and just whack the crap out of it it was very cathartic not very socially acceptable but very cathartic um screaming and crying can be cathartic too sometimes. But a lot of times when you're trying to distract yourself, you want to engage the opposite emotion. So if you're feeling oppressed, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling helpless, you want to find something that helps you feel powerful, like loud music or laughter. And you can also create your happy place and go there. But it takes a little forethought to create your happy place because you want to use all of your senses You know, if your happy place is by a stream, that's great, but you need a little bit more than that. So if you're envisioning yourself by the stream, what do you hear? And Identify five things you hear, four things, well, five things that you see, four things that you hear, three things that you smell, um, and two things that you feel. That's the easiest way to do it if you do five, four, three, two, but you can do five of everything if you want to. And when we talk about things that you feel, it can be, what's the temperature? Do you feel the breeze? Do you feel the sunlight? Are you sitting on, you know, the hard ground? Sometimes when you sit down in the forest, the ground's a little damp, so your butt gets a little cold. What does it feel like in your particular happy place where you can truly relax? And what do you see? Not just the the trees, but in my happy place, there's always chipmunks. I love chipmunks and bunny rabbits. You know, it's kind of like Snow White's Wonderland or something, but whatever. Uh, But having all of those senses and lots of examples and making it a very detailed, happy place helps you really get your mind there so you can get out of the now and into your fantasy world for just a bit. And it gives you a break. It's your little mental vacation. When you're depressed, you often feel helpless and hopeless and nothing makes you happy. one of the things that you can do is start trying to add in happy things. Now, they're not going to make you as happy as they would if you were already happy or if you weren't depressed. That's true. But it's kind of like running a bath. You know, if you're depressed, think of that as the hot water, and it's too hot to get in, and it's just depressively hot. So you add a little cold water, and that makes it more tolerable. By addressing unpleasant feelings, your happy chemicals can be more effective, too. When you have cortisol coursing through your body, that means you don't have as much serotonin, which is one of your happy chemicals, available. That means you don't have as much GABA as available because your body wants you to stay on alert. So it doesn't want you to relax and it doesn't want you to worry about happy right now. It wants you to worry about protection. So it's important to try to dispel some of those stress chemicals so the happy chemicals can flow in. Emotional interventions help you address the unpleasant feelings and add the pleasant. And by developing a better feelings vocabulary, it's easier to identify how you're feeling and then address it because too often we just, we don't even know how we feel. Mindfulness helps you stay in the present moment so you're in touch with your feelings and don't let them fester like a dirty wound, you know, one that doesn't, doesn't get cleaned out and gets infected. Or like we talked about, that, that poop that's sitting in the middle of the living room. Um, So if you're mindful and and you notice that something's going on, you can check on it. You can check to see if the dog just farted or if there's something that needs to be cleaned up. Same thing with your emotions. When you feel angry or anxious, you can check it and say, is there something to be worried or stressed out about? Or is it nothing? Is it just something that happened? Like when somebody comes past the door, lately they've been having the audacity to exercise outside. And I'm being sarcastic, um, because my dogs go bananas when somebody walks in front of our door on the road. And it stresses me out. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, what is that? Is somebody trying to break in? And no, you know, but I have that initial startle response. And then I'm just like, no, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, probably somebody walking down the road. Um, So it's important to identify your feelings accept your feelings, and then check it out and choose the next best response to improve the next moment. If you like this podcast, subscribe on your favorite podcast player, join our Facebook group at DocSnipes.com slash Facebook, or join our community and access additional resources at DocSnipes.com.